Is the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, let's get out to the zone phone. He is the general manager of the Utah Jazz. Welcome him back to the Big Show. He is Justin Zanuck. Justin, how are you today? Hey, Jake. I'm good. Hey, that's I'm great. well today. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be good feeling good. Today. Yeah, yeah, you got to be feeling good. What, are, what do you think about your team uh, moving on to round number two? Just happy for them, the resilience that they've shown. And it's always hard to, uh, you know, win a game in the NBA get seating in the NBA and, and advance in a, in a series. So we don't take that for granted. Know that we've got, you know, a lot more work to do, but uh, really proud of them for taking care of business last night. And we'll go and get some rest here and wait to see who we, who we play. Justin Quinn said last night that uh, this is a different team than a year ago. What's different about it? What are you noticing? I just think that having more time together, for us to get acclimated um obviously a lot of different events last year forced us to you know learn some hard lessons whether you know accomplishing what we did in the bubble and not in you know not getting to where we wanted um having jordan for a couple training camps boyan's return from injury mike getting acclimated and getting to know us and us adjusting to him all those things just took a little time and the character of the group the resiliency of the group had a lot of challenges this year and uh, had some really good responses from those where maybe a younger team or less experienced team would have been a little more rattled and they've come through great this year. So really proud of them and the growth they've shown. Justin, when you put together a roster, I'm sure you have a vision uh, for how things are, should work ideally. And uh, through that lens, when you watch the first quarter or even the first half last night and you see it really click to the point where you set a franchise playoff record with 47 points in the first quarter, how does that make you feel? You know, watching beautiful basketball, it's beautiful <laughs> to watch. <laughs> so, um, you know, you aspire to play like that for long stretches and consistency and Obviously, very good opponents in the NBA night and night out. Memphis is a tough club. So even be able to have a quarter or two like that and, and play that, especially in front of our, our great fans and a full house, uh, was a lot of fun. And then, you know, most impressive to me was just the ability to hold and, and not only maintain but grow that lead so that, you know, Memphis is always trying to make comebacks and it was just too much for them to overcome yesterday. Justin, one thing that really impresses me about this team, and it was illustrated in the way it played last night, as we've been talking about, is the the focus. I mean, it, and it seems like your players, I know they don't want to sit there and brag or boast about winning a championship or anything like that, but they don't shy away from what their intention is. I'm impressed by that. You know, last night Donovan made no bones about it. He said, yeah. hey, man, we won tonight, and it was good, and it feels good, but uh, the work's not done. Uh, I find that kind of leadership kind of refreshing. No, I think it's great. They embrace the the challenges that they want to meet and the goals that they have. And I think from experience over the last couple of years has made it 
you know, whether it's fresh in some guys' minds and they use it as motivation or um, just going through those experiences allows you to be calmer in the moment and be able to refocus. We've had lots of lessons like that. That's why the 72 games that we played and the experiences we had, you know, the year before give us those feelings again. And, and if we didn't handle them right the first time, we can handle them right the next time. And one of the reasons why I was really so proud of them, you know, closing it out. So it was one lesson that they were able to be presented with that they had last year and, and took care of business. And now it's to remain focused. I think you saw Donovan, you know, specifically, and Rudy's always like this or very much so like this, um, just focused onto the next one and, you know, enjoy that moment. And then let's go get our rest. And we've got bigger goals to try to accomplish. And we can't accomplish those without taking care of the first one, which is great, but it's immediate focus onto the next one. How cool is it to have Dwayne Wade around and part of the group? He's been great. He's been great. Um, his experience, I think, uh, can, you know, perspective, um, just him as a person, his character as well, just been great additions for, for all of us and uh, having him around and present and, and bought in. He's not just making an appearance. He's, he's invested in the group and uh, really have enjoyed getting to know him. So, Justin, between what Ryan Smith is doing and what Quinn Snyder is establishing and what you and Dennis are doing with the personnel, with the roster, is it becoming cool to be a part of the Utah Jazz? Well, I'm, I'm a little biased, Gordon. I've, I've always thought it's been cool to be part of the Utah Jazz. Um, you know, on the stability of the franchise, how, how uh, the organization takes care of its people. And, you know, that's a credit to the Millers um, for their great run of ownership and identifying the right person to continue that and with Ryan's energy. And, you know, the stability that we try to put in place and continuity by taking care of players, whether it's in coaching and having a chance to get better and attain goals and player development for them to get better and health performance to keep them safe and uh, the character of the group that we try to identify and that they get along and like each other and all that from great support from ownership, the community and the fans. So I'm not trying to dodge your question. Frankly, I moved here eight years ago. My family's fallen in love with the Wasatch front. I'd never lived in the Mountain West before, and I couldn't imagine a better place to to live than be a jazz fan and work for the Jazz and live in Salt Lake City. The winning doesn't hurt, I'm sure. That, that's uh, a nice. That's a nice part too. Yeah, and then and then my last part of that question is, uh, Justin, are you yourself cool? Uh, that's up to my wife, and <laughs> she thinks I'm cool, so I'm good with that. Any, anybody else, it doesn't really bother me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Justin Zanuck with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Justin, Rudy had a stat line last night, over 20 points, 15 boards, and three blocks that we have not seen a Jazz player have since Carmelo did it in the playoffs, that is, in uh, back in 1994. It's been a long time. And I want you to harken back to when you guys drafted Rudy Gobert. Did you expect him to get to this level, or has he exceeded what you guys even thought when you drafted him? I mean, it's been such a... So Rudy's first year was my first year as well. And I think I've told you guys this before, whether it's been related around the draft or trying to project uh, humans and production and fit and role. And 
I think, you know, it's a combination, first and foremost, Rudy's talent and drive and character to get better. That's what you bet on in the draft. And then putting him in a situation where he's safe, uh, health performance-wise, he can work on the things that he has, great coaches that he listens to and learns from, and then the right pieces around him for him to excel and excel in his role and be a superstar in his role. You obviously hope that that could happen with any player that you draft. And, you know, I said that we thought that that was going to happen. We should have traded every pick and every, <laughs> every asset we had to take him one instead of getting him at 27. So really proud of Rudy and, and uh, his commitment to the team, to the city, to us and our commitment to him. So really, I didn't know that actually, that that hadn't happened since 94 with Carl. So another uh, feather in Rudy's cap. Justin, let me extend that question of Jake's and and move it over to Donovan Mitchell and, and guys like Jordan Clarkson. We we on our show have talked a lot about the worst condition a team can be in in the NBA uh, is having spent money on the wrong players. And it seems like what you said about Rudy Gobert and uh, this last uh, offseason with Donovan Mitchell, you paid, you extended these guys, you paid them big dollars, and it's working out for you. You paid Jordan Clarkson. It's working out for you, which is a whole lot better than being hamstrung, right? Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't – sorry to bring up the hamstring thing, but I, you know, I mean, right now that's a little sensitive. But, but, but you know what I mean? Some teams pay all that money, and they're, they're, they finish eighth or ninth. Well, it's look, it's part of team building, and that doesn't just go to Dennis and David and myself and our our front office. That goes along with ownership and coaches and our health performance group. But you don't just draft a player and then all of a sudden he becomes good. There's lots of pitfalls or what Dennis has coined traps of the NBA, and one of those is, you know. Because of the the rules um, with the salary cap and the luxury tax, if you make a big mistake, you can set yourself back in terms of your optionality or choices you can to build the most competitive team. If you don't pay guys fairly, you pay the wrong ones, um, don't pay the right ones, all of those things, you know, why constantly we're evaluating during the season, you know, for now, two years from now, three years from now, and trying to make as good a decision as possible. We're not going to get them all right, but if we can get most of them right and bet on the character and talent of the group, then, you know, we'll be better most nights than others. Last thing for me, Justin, and it's a question you probably can't even answer, but I'll take a stab anyway. Uh, who should Jazz fans be rooting for Friday night, Dallas or the Clippers? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I think it'll just be a, a great Friday night to – to get the popcorn out and see what happens <laughs> and really to decide whether or not we're playing Sunday or playing Tuesday. So One, the great thing about, you know, having the best record in the league and finishing first in the Western conference is whoever it is, they've got to come see us and our fans and uh, our guys get to sleep in their own beds for a few more nights. And last thing for me, Justin, and really it sounds like a softball I'm lobbing up there to you, but it is earnest. My question, I, I really wonder about this. And the question is, is what the Jazz do, the team, the way the players seem to like each other, is that unique? Is that is that uh, extraordinary in the Jazz's case? or And how important is that? We, I mean, I can't speak for other NBA teams. All I know for us, 
uh, it goes into a large part of our evaluation and team building is guys with high character that will star in their role, support their teammates, support their city, community, um, because it's a long season and we're together, uh, you know, and this year, I mean, shoot, we've been together 12 of the last 14 months. So um, most of the daylight hours and a lot of the night hours. So we better be able to get along. Um, I think it's really important. And whether it's unique in the NBA, I know that we've, you know, this is, this is the team that I've worked for for a, for a long time, and I, we've seen it in whether our wins are where we are this year or a few years ago when we were just getting out of a rebuild. Our teams have always gotten along, liked each other, and played for each other. So it's an expectation and a standard for us here at the Jazz. Justin, we're always appreciative when you find a few minutes to drop by the show. Thank you very much, and uh, good luck in round number two. Thanks, guys. Appreciate both of you. Take care. You too. Thank you, Justin. Uh, Justin Zanuck, general manager for the Utah Jazz. His appearance today uh, brought to you by our friends at Cypress Credit Union. For a limited time only, get a free Utah Jazz signed Joe Ingles jersey when you open a new dream checking account with direct deposit at Cypress Credit Union. Cypress Credit Union, your future is our future. That was a fun conversation, as usual. Uh, we, we like having Justin on the show. He always gives very thoughtful answers. But uh, anything stand out to you today, Gordo? You know, the question I asked him about how the team, play, the players like each other. It's a other. softball, yeah. Yeah, it's a softball, right? <laughs> but but I really wonder about that. I mean, we, we hear the Jazz talk about character, and we've heard that for, well, I've heard it for, I don't know, 30, 40 years. Uh, but but in this case, these guys really seem to to care about one another's success. And I don't know if that's, put on or whether it's it's authentic or what but it it seems to have a a positive effect on what's happening and if you're losing and you like each other maybe maybe it doesn't matter and you and i've had the discussion before about how much it does matter but it it seems to have some kind of effect i don't know if it's put on i don't know if it matters but here here's what i say that first thought that comes to my mind when you say that gordon donovan and Rudy, too. I'll include Rudy in this, but particularly Donovan. He goes out of his way to mention his teammates. Mm-hmm. You and I both uh, listen to every postgame interview uh, Donovan's done this year and probably throughout his entire career, pretty darn close. And whenever he's asked about a question about himself, sometimes he'll talk about it, but inevitably he mix in, mixes in a teammate. You know, yeah, yeah, I played well tonight, made those passes. I was really seeing the floor well. But, man, did you see Royce and what he did. Mm-hmm. You know, and he'll even go down to – I remember when uh, Trent Forrest was filling in and he's talking about Trent Forrest and how happy he is for him. I think it's this tone set at the top where we're going to have a team mentality and we're not – it's not going to be – and I'm just going to pick on LeBron here for a second, but it's not going to be where LeBron brings everybody in and says, you guys are a part of history and – it's mostly about me, but you guys are here too. You know, they mm-hmm. publicly, Donovan does a very good job about mentioning everybody and spreading the credit around. And I think that stuff matters to NBA players who are trying to make their way in the world. You know, what's interesting about that, Jake, is, and I know this because I've had the conversation with certain guys. Sometimes they know that what they say about their teammates, their teammates are going to find out about it. 
They, oh, yes. They, they I mean, know that. Because it you goes know, into the newspaper. But, yeah, but some players claim they don't pay any attention to that Balderdash. Stuff. Yeah. They do pay attention to what's said. And that's true for players talking about their teammates. It's true about what coaches say. It's it, it, it's it's universal, I think. And uh, uh, sometimes messages are being sent there. And so when Donovan is complimenting, say, a Joe Ingles or somebody else, he's doing it I'm not saying that he's doing it to uh, – to uh, manipulate, but he is doing it for a reason. Well, Coach Snyder does it too. Uh, Tim Lacombe pointed this out a few weeks ago, and he's he's totally right. Coach Snyder never uses – he always says our. He never says my, mm-hmm. you know. He never says my team played hard tonight. He always says we played hard tonight or our team played hard tonight or credit our players. I mean, he's, it's always a – it's not a – it's not never an individual thing with him. It's always a collective and I think that's on purpose, too. It's, yeah. it's cultivating a culture. We always talk about those cliches, right. but this all plays into it. And that's one of the things that I think Quinn is being able to. And, and to some extent, Dennis has done it from from a sort of an umbrella standpoint, is to develop this culture. And I know that's sort of a, a word that's thrown around in modern sports, but uh, uh, they do it for a reason. Uh, they they want to establish a positive uh, sort of high-spirited, uh, competitive environment. And uh, the Jazz seem to have been successful in doing that. I liked your question about Rudy Gobert. And when uh, when Justin said, if we'd known he was going to be that good, we would have we traded everything to get to number one to pick him. But And I've heard, I heard Frank Layden say yeah, that I've about John Stockton yeah, right. back in the day. But it's 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 uh, that's a nice bit of honesty. They thought he was going to be good. They had no clue he's going to be this good. Right, no, right. That's why I, that that kind of question intrigues me because you you uh, I, there's no way that they envisioned him to be what he is now. Yeah. They probably thought he's going to be pretty good. They spent a first round pick on him. I mean, they didn't do that, you know, just because they thought Rudy was nice. I mean, <laughs> they probably thought he could become something. But the best defensive player in the league. Uh, soon to be three-time defensive player of the year. Doing what he's doing now for his team. Uh, having a playoff game that we haven't seen since Carl Malone. Yeah. Uh, you know, nobody mm-hmm. saw that coming, and they've got to just be on cloud nine about that one. Remember two or three years ago when people used to talk about the Jazz and they'd say, and, and maybe some people still do, it's a nice team, but they don't have the stars necessary to win at the highest level. It's adorable. Well, you say that on like a show-by-show show basis. Well, it, <laughs> they they do have stars, and they do have stars who are on the rise and who are showing people what they're capable of, of doing. And cer- well, that's certainly true of the big stars, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, like we've been talking about. And then they're getting a whole lot of support, too, from – from uh, the other guys. So it's it sort of seems to be coming together. Now, every series has its own personality, and whoever the Jazz end up playing, and I love the way Justin dodged that question. No way he was going to answer no, that. No, he wasn't answering And you that. knew that. I didn't think he would. But, yeah, why not take <laughs> a stab in the dark? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I'm glad. Uh, did you say, I, I don't think you're going to answer this I said, question. I don't think you're going to I wish you just had asked Just it. asked it. I yeah, thought. because then you're, you're preparing him yeah, to dodge that's, it. That's true. But, uh, oh, well. I, I bet, personally, he has an answer to that. Oh, sure he does. <laughs> he told me. How, can, how could you not, though? You know, that's the funny thing about, about coach speak and 
Not that uh, the Jay-Z gives us a lot of coach speak, but on a question like that, I mean, he can't give the other team locker room uh, bulletin board material. But I bet you a zillion dollars he's pulling for somebody on Friday. Well, the interesting thing about that is that one of the possibilities is the Clippers, and the Clippers did everything they could to play the Mavs in the first round. Yep. I mean, they darn near, like, put their whole team on the disabled list, I think. They had to lose to the Rockets Houston and Oklahoma and, City, right? Was it? <laughs> in back-to-back nights? Or not not in back-to-back, yeah, but, then, but two then, games in a row? Then they did everything but the twist, trying to deny that uh, shenanigans were at play there. And now they're trailing in the series 3-2, to two, and there would be some, some great irony come to fruition if uh, if the Mavs win and I can't speak for Justin Zanuck but I have a feeling this is just speculation on my part that he would rather see the Mavs I think so too for the reasons that we talked about earlier in the show maybe we get back to those all right we'll have more big show coming up next stay tuned 97.5 and 1280 the zone